You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. I am joined by Logan Bradley and Brennan Chagru. This is the smallest crew, boys, that we have had in a while. Before you say anything, though, I've, I missed it last week. I'm not going to miss it this week. If you want to find Logan on Twitter, you can find him at Bear Down Bradley. If you want to find Brendan, you can get him at Brennan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. You can also read him on Bears Wire. Patrick Sheldon He's got dad duty. We're recording this on Father's Day. And Jack Wright got called out to go golfing with his kids on Father's Day. So good for them, right, guys? How hey. dare he? And before we go any further, just a, a quick podcast. Happy Father's Day to our wonderful host, Ryan Dangle. Is this, wait, I forget. First Father's Day or second Father's Day? This is it. Yeah, we, we, first just, one. we just missed last year. I think it was like a week and a half or something like that. Okay. So, well, yeah, her, happy a, Father's Day. Thanks, man. Yeah, we got a, we got a one-year-old running through the house. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> That's got to be a little hectic. See, and uh, right now you're basically babysitting the two guys who don't have kids yet. Exactly. So you're getting extra Father's Day duty, man. Like this yes. is great. Don't do it. Just don't, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just no, kidding. It, I, I love, yeah, just if my wife is listening, I love my daughter. I love being a father, but <laughs> dang, running after a one-year-old when you're 40, man, it's that's a lot of work. So, but it's awesome. Folks, are you thinking about buying or selling a home in the Chicagoland area? Please. I'm asking, I'm begging, I'm pleading. Give my guy, Jeff Cadwaller, a call or a text message, 630-254-4734. Or you can visit GenevaJeff.com to learn how Jeff Cadwaller with App Properties can help you out. I know the market is crazy. And I actually have a friend, and I'm not making this up, uh, a friend called and said, I'm thinking, but I know the market's bad. And I said, call Jeff. Like literally just give him a phone call because this dude will walk you through every single step of the process. He's been doing it forever. He's a third generation realtor. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Ask him just what you got nothing to lose. Give him a call, give him a text, visit his website, GenevaJeff.com, Jeff Cadwalder with that properties. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys, the bear down Chicago podcast say hello. Boys. It's summertime in Chicago. It feels so good. We're, we're recording this on a Sunday. We, we mentioned it's Father's Day. It is just a beautiful, beautiful day in Chicago, out, just outside Chicago. And you're probably wondering yourself, do I look good? Do I look good enough to be outside and have people just, you know, see me, whether you're on a boat, whether you're at a ball game, whatever. Well, if you think you want to look better, Go see our guys at Sheridan's 
Barbershop. They are located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, and they've been serving the community for 68 years. They have six barbers now, and they're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, and they have appointments available to book online or by phone at your own convenience. Sheridansbarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137. Call our guy, Will. He's going to hook you up. He's going to make you look so good for the summer. I mean, it's like I said, it's primetime summer, boys. You got to be looking good. So make sure you call Sheridan's Barbershop where traditional meets modern. Will is about to be a dad himself, too. That's coming up pretty quick. So we'll be we'll be excited for that. Oh, that's awesome. Hold on real quickly before we, before we get into everything bears, I do have to ask Dangle since, you know, Logan and I were the guys without kids so far, what's been the best part of being a a dad since you've pretty much been a dad for almost a year now. I know your daughter's almost a year old. So what, what's the best part about being a dad? My kids laugh. Uh, I, I, I say this and I think all of the parents that are listening to this podcast will truly understand for the first three months, I loved my kid but I didn't like my kid. Uh, they just kind of like take and take and take and take and take. And it's just, there, there's no reciprocation. It's just like, feed me, like feed me more. Like, and you don't know what's going on. You don't know what to do. And then, you know, at, I was at work and my wife texted me like a genuine smile from my kid. And I, I like literally, like I couldn't do my job, but I was just like, oh my God, like there it is. There's the payoff. And then I came home and I got a genuine smile. And like now, like my kid laughs, like we're, we're on the swing set and just dude, she, she just, she chuckles like, and just like, it's just this like infectious laugh. And yeah, that's it. That's the best part about being a dad. It's become a normal, nice part of my day, waking up in the morning and seeing the swing stories from both you and your wife <laughs> on Instagram. It, it truly has. I mean, it's, it's the way that I have started. I feel like my last two weeks and I just ask that you keep that going. All right. As, as best I possibly can, my friend, as best okay, I great. possibly can. All right. So folks, we have yet again, another fantastic guest, and we are stoked about this one. Luis Medina from Bleacher Nation Bears is with us. Luis, how are you, man? How's it going? I'm doing wonderful. We survived um, OTAs and mandatory minicamp. I'm ready to fast forward to, to July. <laughs> yeah, we're, slow slow time for, for Bears fans. Then we just start arguing about everything. Literally everything. <laughs> like, there isn't going to be a day that goes by between now and when camp opens up with that, that, that will go without the most seemingly the smallest argument. I am looking forward, though, to arguing about food. I think that's the Bears. I think that's Bears Twitter's favorite favorite pastime is arguing about food. And I'm so here for it. Oh my gosh. We're, we're going to have some great food takes. I wish Patrick Sheldon and Jack Wright could be on here because, you know, I agree with some of Sheldon's food takes, but he's kind of gone off the deep end a little bit over the last (laughs) few weeks. He's like, he's like the Stephen A Smith of food takes, just saying things to try to get hot takes, you know, (laughs) viral clips. Oh man. No, I was going to ask though, Luis, you mentioned bears Twitter. It, it really feels like, just this year in particular, it's just been so hot and cold. Like everybody's got to have a strong opinion about everything. I mean, I don't know. Is this like just maybe it's recency bias, but is this kind of like the craziest Bears Twitter has felt in a long time? No, it, it it's a little bit, little recency bias, but it is, it is wild because this has been an off season that could have gone in so many different directions. And it's not just that 
people have strong opinions. It's that there are so many strong opinions. There were how many coaching candidates? There, there were a dozen coaching candidates, another dozen GM candidates. When we were looking, even with our first round pick, having two second round picks, we're looking at two, three dozen different possibilities. We're looking at the possibility of trading up. There was so much that could have happened this offseason. And we prepared for ourselves as Bears fans for all of them. And when one of them, when, when it doesn't go the way that we thought it would, we're going to feel some type of way about it. And because it can only go one way, there's a hundred different ways that it could have gone that's going to upset everyone. So, like, I, I had to teach myself to not take it personally. Because there were a lot of times people were just, like, coming at me real hard. I'm just like, got guys, guys, plenty of offseason left. <laughs> You don't need to jump off the deep end. When they start taking personal shots too, like you're an idiot because you believe this or like, you know, like you must d- drink paint or I'm, I'm making that last one up. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, Hey man, like I just, I just, that's what I thought, you know? <laughs> it's just the thought like, so I don't, I don't know how everyone feels about uh, Matt Eberflus, but I was, uh, I thought that was an inspired hire. It was different from Matt Nagy. It was, he, he brings in an assistant coaching staff that has, a ton of experience. It's it's a defensive thinking kind of you know staff, but like I'm open to that staff working. We've seen it work before. We've seen it work at a high level. Is it going to work? I don't know. But just because they didn't hire an offensive coach doesn't mean it's not going to work. But if you just there's certain pockets of Bears fandom or like, well, they didn't hire some quarterback guru. It's not going to work. Like, well, they hired a quarterback guru last time, and we saw how well that worked. So, like, just because it didn't happen doesn't mean it can't work. Luis, we're all kind of curious. How did you get started with Bears Bleacher Nation? How, how did that all kind of come together? Because it's kind of become a, a huge thing in, in Bears world. So, I, I did some side stuff uh, while I was at the Tribune for Brett and Bleacher Nation. And I think it was, like, October, November 2016, Brett kind of texted me to the side. I was like, hey, like, remember when, when – I had a bear site and obviously I, I did. It was, it was a short lived run, but um, it was a thing. He's like, I want to do it again. And I want someone really good at it. He's like, I think this could be for you like full-time and everything at, at the tribune. I wasn't getting a chance to write. So I'm like, this is, this is my chance. And I, I, I had done some stuff, bear stuff with bears wire when that first started, uh, when that first launch was like me and Tony and a couple others. And uh, I really wanted a second chance at it. So um, I, I explored my options with Tribune, weighed it against my options uh, with Brett. Went out one night. Brett had given me an offer. And Tribune had given me an offer. And I went out to Hopleaf, which is over in Andersonville in Chicago. And just, I needed a post-work beer. And I think I, I drank zombie dust. And the bartender asked me, hey, man, let's say you got something on your mind. I, I lay out the situation. I'm like... I have this job offer at a place where I'm comfortable and happy and it's where I've always wanted to be, but I have this other offer that's going to let me do what I want to do. And, but it's kind of a risk that it's online only. And he's like, what do you want to do? That's what you should do. And I'm like, I know what I want to do. And that's what I'm going to do. So um, that Friday, so this was like a Monday or Tuesday, that Friday, it was, yeah, it was Friday. Cause I had, I had the day off. Uh, I go into Tribune and the Cubs World Series trophies in in the building and everyone's taking pictures with it. So I take my picture with it. I go to my boss's office and uh, say, Hey, like I'm putting in my, uh, 
my two weeks. I'm like, it's, I'm not leaving in two weeks. I'm going to work through Christmas. I need the money. So um, I'm like, but this is, this is what's going to happen. And they're like, the irony of the Cubs World Series trophy being here and you telling me that you're leaving is not lost on me, but I appreciate it. And I'm just like, all right, I made the right decision. Did, did you ever go back and talk to that bartender and be like, thank you? Like, thanks for helping me make that decision. I did. And I don't think they remembered me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like I helped a bunch of people that night. <laughs> uh, Louise. So that's, let's, let's call that like a life's choose your own adventure and similar to life. This Bears offseason just feels like almost like a choose your own adventure of whether you want to be in the crowd who is happy with maybe what polls has done so far, whether you're in the crowd who wants to be mad at these eight million different things that you can and can't be mad at. But kind of what is your general overall impression of how this Bears offseason has gone so far? I think it could have been better if you think about the things that they needed to address and weigh them against what was done, you know, they didn't really, you know, they added depth at the offensive line. They changed out a bunch of pieces, which I think is valuable and important. Uh, They added depth to the wide receiver core. And I think that is important. I know they didn't get the bigger splash name. They didn't move up in the draft. They didn't make a, didn't swing a trade for Amari Cooper, which was, I thought would have made a lot of sense considering their cap situation and Dallas wanting to, you know, offload some salary But, like, if you think about what they did, they addressed a lot of the things that Ryan Pace failed to, whether it's offensive line depth and and competition. Um, The volume of draft picks that they had on day three was something unlike I've seen as a Bears fan in a long time. Um, Addressing the cornerback situation, getting uh, Tavon Young as a free agent, Dane Crookshank as kind of a flex guy, uh, drafting Kyler Gordon, addressing safety with, with Jaquan Brisker. You know, Eddie Jackson was at his best when he had a really solid safety who was still in his prime next to him. I'm not saying Eddie Jackson is going to be 2018 Eddie Jackson with Jaquan Brisker next to him, but I think he has a better chance than having a revolving door of veterans that the Bears were kind of you know, throwing out there. Um, linebacker depth is, uh, is a position that we think as and not as important as it used to be, but like Depth there is important because there was a big drop off once you got below some of the some of the reserves. You know, Nick Kwiatkowski was a nice player and he left for starter money, and Bears never really properly addressed him, you know, his loss. Even at receiver, like like I said, they didn't draft a, a big guy, they didn't sign or trade for a big guy, but like Equinemius St. Brown, Byron Pringle, those are guys who also play special teams. And the Bears were really one of my frustrating things is like the special teams kind of took a hit when you had guys like Javon Wims and uh, Riley Ridley trying to play special teams, something that they really never did, not playing well, and then everyone else suffers because of it. So it's, it's a two-edged sword. It's one of those things where it's like they did something. It's not like they didn't do anything. And I think that's what I think we all need to kind of get through all of our heads. It's like they, did, they didn't do anything. It's not like they did nothing. They did some stuff. It wasn't popular. It wasn't splashy but they made some moves that had ryan pace made eh, ryan pace might still be employed you know it's funny you mentioned early on about like the receivers and the amari cooper trade i think at the time when that happened like just before free agency started 
and realizing what the Cleveland Browns were going to be paying both like Amari Cooper salary wise. And then just giving up, I think it was like a six round pick at the time. You're like, okay, that makes sense. The bears just aren't in any, you know, uh, good cap space to be able to take care of that. But fast forward to, you know, we're at June 19th now, boy, that deal would have looked really, really good. Like just, it's so it's interesting because the NFL offseason has those ebbs and flows where things happen. It's ever changing. And so, you know, I think that's kind of, uh, something I kind of realized like going through it, I was like, man, that was a steal for the Browns. But, uh, I, I loved what you said about, you know, the special team signings, those depth signings, and it is something that's a different, you know, course of action that this team is going through. Think about what Justin Fields is as a quarterback. And you think about some of those games the Bears lost where like some special teams and some defensive blunders really cost the Bears. It's like, for example, the, the, the Steelers game. If they have a defense that can make a stop at the end, Justin Fields has a signature win on Monday night on the road against the playoff team. If the team doesn't give up, you know, 16, 17 fourth quarter points against the Niners, maybe they beat the Niners. And now all of a sudden, Justin Fields has two play, two wins against playoff teams. How do we look at it differently then? That's why, like, when I saw the Bears take two defensive backs with their second round picks, I'm like, okay, this gives Justin Fields a fighting chance where, okay, yeah, having the receiver would have been nice. It would have been the obvious choice. But we saw it in real time last year what it was like when you don't have a well-rounded team. And I, I'm not saying I don't want, I don't think that Justin Fields is going to win games on his own. And I don't think the bears defense is going to win games on their own, but if this team can, I think can surprise and be closer than what we might otherwise believe because they're more well-rounded than where they were at this time last year. It's not saying much, but it's, it's the reality of the situation is that I think they are in a better situation now digging out from the mess that Ryan Pace left than they were at this time last year when they're, you know, it's the old Simpsons bin, dig up stupid. And that's where they, that's where Ryan Pace was at the end of his cycle. See, this is why I love you, man. Cause you just have a Simpsons or star Wars reference to literally everything. And <laughs> that just, that, that really speaks to my soul. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, the end of the Ryan Pace here. I'm just glad it's over. Amen. Preach it, preach it, brother. <laughs> All right. So narrowing down the focus a little bit, we're talking about the whole off season, but like you mentioned, mini camp just wrapped up. So what were your impressions of those three day practices, positive, negative things that stood out to you? What'd you see? Um, I think my favorite part of mini camp, uh, and this is, this will probably be just unique to me, uh, was the freak out over the, uh, losing a practice for, uh, practicing too much and too hard. Um, I saw, I saw some of the wildest takes after that. Like, this is a massive organizational mix up. This is, um, embarrassing. It was like, it was malpractice. I'm just like, all right, you know what it is? It was guys pushing. It was, it was a coaching staff pushing it to the edge to see what they could get away with. Now, fast forward a few weeks, Lovey Smith and Ron Rivera are getting fined and losing practices next year for doing something like so clearly it wasn't that bad. It wasn't as bad as those guys. Now, if, if you're losing practices next year, and this is this was a slap on the wrist. This was, you know what? I think back to something Matt Nagy said last or a couple of years ago about how he wanted to make callous practices and kind of toughen these guys, excuse me, toughen these guys up. And I love the idea. 
But because of how the NFL structures this offseason, you really can't do that anymore. So I think what happened here was Matt Eberflus, you don't say it out loud, just go out and do it. You can always ask for forgiveness later. So I like that was probably my favorite thing. Like you have a coaching staff that's willing to push some boundaries and you have some players that are willing to, you know, push those boundaries. I was just talking about this with my neighbors over dinner. And uh, we're talking about how sometimes the best players come from situations where they are trying to one up each other and they're, and everyone's on level playing field. And that's what the bears really have. You look at the totality of their roster. This is a team of, of players from, from top to bottom guys who need to prove themselves whether it's Justin Fields at the top, whether it's an undrafted rookie who's trying to make the team. Everyone on this roster has something to prove. Roquan Smith and uh, David Montgomery are in contract. Darnell Darnell Mooney wants to put out another 1,000-yard season to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. Cole Komet just had a career high uh, in catches and receiving yards. You know, the touchdowns weren't there. He wants to show he can get to another level, too. Everyone's got something to prove, and that's what makes this team interesting as opposed to last year, where it was just like, you're just kind of holding on to trying to recreate 2018. That's off the board now, which is good because boy, that just, that's just not happening. But now you got guys striving to be something better. It should make for a fun training camp. And I thought it made for an interesting uh, set of OTAs and mini camps. Yeah, no doubt. And I think, we're going to get to it in a minute with uh, a couple of those players who are actually, you know, maybe lower on the depth chart than they should be. But one player in particular that was noticeably absent was Robert Quinn. And I think this is kind of a situation that's ever evolving. A few weeks ago, a report came out that he might want to be traded. And it looks like that could be the case with him not going to minicamp, mandatory minicamp, mind you. So, What's your whole take on that whole Robert Robert Quinn situation? And do you think he's played his last down as a bear? I hope not because I think someone like Robert Quinn is a player who can, can be a leader by example. And I thought we saw that last year with how he performed. He, he did. He showed up to mandatory camp, but he didn't show up to OTAs, but came in to camp really good shape, really motivated and had, you know, a career best year. Um, I don't think trading him now is trading him for peak value. I think if you're going to trade him, you trade him before the draft or during the draft when a team needs, you know, pass rushing help, you know, some pass rushers go off the board or you wait till the regular season. And I know there's going to be risk in, well, you don't trade or there's, there's going to be injury risk is what there is to be uh, with Quinn. If you don't trade him in the off season, but like, what are you going to get now? I saw there was a Bleacher Report article that suggested like a third round pick in Andy Isabella from the Cardinals. Like, is that the best you can do, really? Andy Isabella, who's, who was a prospect hipster's favorite receiver who's flamed out in Arizona. Really good video game player. Like, unstoppable in the slot. Really good for Ritter <laughs> Madden. Just not a really good NFL player. He's just not been that guy. That and a third round, and like the Cardinals are probably going to make the playoffs. They're going to be in a position to make the playoffs. So you're talking about a fourth round pick, basically, um, for a guy. I know Robert Quinn is older, but so we've seen some of these pass rushers age well uh, in recent years. So I just I don't want to trade a player at less than peak value. So and I, and I brought this up at the end earlier in the week. 
I wonder if, if his holdout or whatever you want to call it is maybe he wants new money. Cause if you look at the, this, the contract structure of his deal, the bears can cut him before the season and save a bunch of money um, against the cap. They'll take a small cap hit, but you know, they'll save some money. If the, if a team traded him, if a team traded for him, they can do the same. They can be off the hook. And then Robert Quinn is going to be out as all of his guaranteed money is already paid. So I wonder if this is this has anything to do with him saying, hey, I want a little more financial security, whether it's here in Chicago, I stay, or if you're going to trade me, let's make something happen where I get some security because I don't want to have to go back out on the free agent market, which I think is fair. You talk about a guy who has proven it in a league like Robert Quinn. Now let's go to a guy who has not quite done that in Tevin Jenkins. Tons of talk about him this offseason, working with the twos, um, are you concerned or what level of concern do you have with Tevin Jenkins? And then maybe just to have a fun little additional wrinkle to it. What would you predict Tevin Jenkins, his position will be on week one of the regular season as a starter, swing tackle, et cetera. I am very concerned about Tevin Jenkins and here's why he, he ended where he began the off season in a position where he was going to be the bears left tackle of the future. A few months later, he's practicing as team's starting right tackle, which is a, a slide down the offensive line spectrum. A few weeks later, he's practicing with the twos. There's a big gaping hole at right guard, where if you're going to slide him down the spectrum, I get it. Maybe this regime sees him as a right tackle or at a different spot. That they're not trying him at right guard, it's not a red flag, it's a yellow flag. It's, it's like, okay, like, why isn't he getting reps at a position where maybe he's better off if you don't think he's going to be a left tackle? And here's the thing about tech, left tackle, right tackle. I think they're both equally important. I know the blind side is, is maybe a, a smidge more, but teams are loading up on pass rushers. You can't, like, it's not like back in the early 90s where you could set your right tackle against a lesser pass rusher. Teams have stud pass rushers coming off both sides. So there's, there's no time off as a right tackle. If you think that he's better in a booth with, with a center to his left and a tackle to his right, you should give him that opportunity. That he's playing with the twos makes me think he's going to be battling Larry Borum for the right tackle spot. And I think seeing Larry Borum get um, reps at left tackle and right tackle, I think this regime sees Borum as a potential swing tackle because he's getting reps on both sides. And I think that's an important position to play. I would rather have that guy on a rookie contract than do what the previous regime was doing with paying guys a couple million here, a couple million there. It adds up after a while. So I'm, it's not like I think at Tevin Jenkins is bad. I think, let me be clear with that. I think Tevin Jenkins is talented. I think he's motivated. He's lost a ton of weight this offseason. He was doing yoga and all sorts of stuff, Pilates, trying to get nimble, but that he slid down the spectrum the way that he has bothers me and that and in a way that i don't think it's bothered a lot of people because i'm think people a lot of people realize like hey like he started up here and now he's here oh, it's, it's, it's a concern yeah at first when we were talking about this like a week or two ago when they said that tevin jenkins was running with the twos for a couple practices i kind of brushed it off Iberflus said he was working with different combinations but now that it's happened like multiple practices in a row that really does kind of raise your red flag and antenna and wonder 
what is the plan for him? So uh, two questions. One, do you think that they're avoiding moving him to right guard right now because they might see that as like, once you do that, that's kind of like a permanent spot and they still want to see what they can have as a tackle because I remember Kyle Long moving from guard to tackle and it really kind of messed with him a little bit. And then two, I know this is a loaded question, but what does this mean, do you think, for Braxton Jones, who has, who's the rookie from Southern Utah, who's been taking all the reps at uh, left tackle for the first string? So Braxton Jones, that profile reminds me a lot of Charles Leno Jr., which depending on what kind of Bears fan you are, that's either good news or bad news. Um, Leno was a seventh round pick who wasn't as physically gifted, didn't have the long arms, didn't have the size, had a good motor, good consistency, like didn't miss a game at once he became a starter. I think Braxton Jones has that kind of profile where you can set him at left tackle. He's, he's a little more athletically gifted, better feet, uh, longer arms. And he mentioned that in his press conference. It was like, I didn't really know how to use my length to my advantage. And that's, that's what I love about day three picks like that, because you go to go from a place like Southern Utah and you go to the pros and you get real coaching and real analysis instead of, hey, you're big and long and you're the best athlete that I have that can play out here go to the pros and it's like, you're big, you're long. And this is how we're going to teach you how to use that. Um, as for Jenkins, I don't think you want to move him to right guard until you absolutely have to. Um, the Bears did that a few years ago with the, it was during the John Fox era with Kyle Long, where he was playing guard all summer. Like, hey man, like we got a spot open at right tackle. Just go with it and run with it. And he did. And he played really well. Um, I can see that happening with Tevin Jenkins where, hey, um, Braxton's at left tackle. You and Larry were, were duking it out at right tackle. One of you two guys got to move inside because the guys who are competing at right guard, whether it's Sam Mustafer, uh, Dakota Dozier, Zach, Zachary Thomas, you know, these guys, no one, no one put themselves out there. So we need one of you to, to step in. I can totally see that happening. And maybe that would be for the best. Luis training camp is coming up. What's the thing that you're most glued into the thing that you're most going to be watching? Maybe you're most excited about for this training camp. Offensive line versus defensive line. There's so many new bodies. Um, I think there's like 10 new offensive linemen. There's like a half dozen new defensive linemen and it's a new front too. So it's a four to 40 front. So um, we're going to see new defensive tackles, uh, nose tackle and a, and a three technique. Um, I always love watching the guys in the trenches because that's where you see, you see some hitting that first day of pads. Oh, it's going to be my favorite day of the year. Always is. Man, I get so jazzed up for the start of training camp. I know it's like kind of the end of summer a little bit, but yeah, like once you start live hitting and getting those practice updates and going out to those practices, I think that's going to be really, really fun. And my last, my last football question for you, Louise. Last year, you and I met for the first time at the Bears' first preseason game. It was a ton of fun. We were cheering Justin Fields like crazy this year. The first preseason game just happens to be the return of Matt Nagy. So my question to you is if you're planning on going, are you going to boo Matt Nagy? I am planning on going. Um, when I saw that on the schedule release, I'm like someone at the NFL offices is a real, has my kind of sense. I don't mean is that the bears first preseason game it's their only preseason game at soldier field because mm -hmm. they have the 17th game that's a home game this year that means they play two road preseason games 
And so now Matt Nagy comes back. I'm not going to boo Matt Nagy unless he says something stupid in the media beforehand. And I think he's going to have opportunities because, you know, training camp is long and I'm sure, you know, the Tribune or the Sun-Times or someone's going to send someone to Chiefs camp and, and they, they're going to want to talk to him. Uh, I was kind of impressed with what Nagy said um, in his first words as quarterback's coach um, with the Chiefs. And then I stopped myself and I'm just like, he said this stuff in Chicago too. Don't, don't get to it. Yes. Don't get into it. No, that was really, well, oh man. One of my mo- most frustrating, there was the, one of the points where I boiled over where he's like, yeah, we've got a disciplinary problem with penalties. And I'm just like, you've been saying this for three years. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me, don't tell me that you got problems if you're not going to fix it. So I, I will never forget Ryan Pace talking about Matt Nagy as a clear communicator. And the first couple of press conferences, you're like, oh, this guy's finally opening up. And you're like, yeah, this is the guy. And then it it's Matt Nagy. So yeah, it's just and then he closed, <laughs> then he closed off. And it was just like it was really frustrating. And yeah. that's why that's why I kind of like uh Matt Eberflus, where he's not gonna say something, he's not gonna put bulletin board material, he's not gonna be like Andy Reid or John Harbaugh, who's got a, a, a quote every week that has like, aha, I wish that guy was my coach. But he's he's going to talk to you about football. And when Nagy tried to talk to you about football, he would get bogged down and then talk about Andy Reid. And it's just like, okay, it's like going out on a date. And then she talks about something that happened on the first date. And it's just like, all right, we, we, we established that. <laughs> we know that you and and Andy Reid are tight. Like, is it, it had, like being Andy Reid's friend isn't a personality trait? <laughs> all right, so that's what he was with him. We oh we gosh. we could we could all just trash on Matt Nagy for for long long periods of time, but instead we want to focus on something that's going to bring us well at least three of us uh, a good deal of joy. Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I want to get your your takes on it. Obviously, Luis, we cannot give spoilers. I know that there are some listeners that you know just you, are are not caught up. You know what? No, no, I think we can. We just need to put a spoiler tag on this. We, I, I think we should talk spoilers if it is, and just say. Oh, I, I shouldn't mention. I shouldn't mention that Darth Vader is Leia's father. Dude, she's oh, come on, man. All right, that's too Dude. much. <laughs> what, are we, what are we? What are we doing here, man? Uh, just, just give us your 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 quick thoughts on it. I thought it's been well done. I think there's been some character growth. There's we've got to see like peak Vader doing things that we only saw in comic books and video games. Uh, we've seen the rise and fall of and 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 the uptick of Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, I think the most interesting thing that I've kind of noticed is the parallels, at least in episodes one through five, that there are parallels through, from ep- with episodes one through six in, mm-hmm. in you know, the original and, and prequel trilogies. So, and it makes me wonder, like, what's, what's the Return of the Jedi version of episode six of Obi-Wan? That's it's, the thing that I'm waiting for. It's got to be something where along the lines where Obi-Wan tries to get Vader to turn back to the light side, because I've heard this referenced a lot in, in return of the Jedi where Luke's trying to get Vader to come back. And he's like, you know, Obi-Wan once thought as you do, when's that conversation taken place? It has not taken place yet. So there's gotta be one more big confrontation. I want them to have like that, 
you know, I, I love the fighting with them. I thought episode three, the whole fight with like, again, spoilers, whatever. The whole fight with the fire was just poetic. It, it was poetry. I loved it. But I want to have something where these two are having a conversation and Obi-Wan is really trying to get through to him because I, I think that would just be so incredible to watch. We have not seen that yet. And we and, and I think we want to see Vader be tempted by the light again. Yeah. I think, I think that would really drive home that conversation in Return of the Jedi, where it's, you know, Obi-Wan once thought as you did, Luke. You know, something like that. You know, something that really highlights that would be great. Um, I don't, I don't want to see it, well, not that I don't want to. I don't need any special guest appearances at this point. I would love them, but I don't need them. I thought I would have needed them, but this has just been so well done. The, just the lightsabers look great. Ewan McGregor has been great. Hayden has been great as Vader and as, as Anakin Skywalker. It's really well done. This is, it's felt, star, it's felt like Star Wars, and that's what it's supposed to be like. How cool has it been to see Hayden Christensen get the response back that he has? Because for so long, he was he was kind of like villainized yeah. um, and kind of like thrown aside. And like he got out of acting because of Star Wars, you know, in, in a large way. And, you know, now he's back and he's kind of being re- really well received because of it. I don't know. I love it. I love it because it's interesting, the evolution of Star Wars fans, the people who were, you know, the target audience for episodes one through three are now adults. And now they have a greater appreciation, not just for one through three, but for all of Star Wars. And now they, and now because of social media and, and because of different platforms, they have ways to express to guys like Hayden and you and like, hey, you are beloved. And like James Earl Jones coming back as the voice of Vader is a huge deal. Like that's a big win for all sorts of Star Wars fans. Like I think of so. Wednesday is the finale, and that would have been my mother's 60th birthday, RIP. And I think it's interesting to think about how where I was as a Star Wars fan when she brought me into it and where Star Wars is now. It's, it's great to see you and you and it. Well, you and too, because Obi Wan Kenobi has been a popular character, but like people weren't sure about how that was going to go. But to see uh, Hayden and you and get the reception that they have now. Like I love when things come full circle. I love that, man. That's, that's so, that's just incredible to hear. And last thing I'll say about star Wars, I, I am hoping for one special guest appearance. Got, it's gotta be Qui-Gon. We have to see Qui-Gon that would be cool. like that. That's the one that's all I need to see. And I'm good. I don't need any other like special cameos, but the fact that Obi-Wan has been trying to reach out to Qui-Gon all this time, he still can't. I think that's going to come to fruition in the last episode. I have one question. It's a, it's a fun one that a friend and I were discussing. If you could have one star Wars, star Wars thing in real life, what would it be? Whether would- it's the force or whatever. Kind I would like hard. to own the Millennium Falcon. Ooh. That would be my number two. <laughs> I, I I know this is probably super cliche, but I want a lightsaber, man. Like, I, who doesn't want? I don't know. You know? I, yeah. I, I, Give me Chewbacca by my side at all times. That's true. Sorry. Non-Star Wars watcher, chime in. I'm going to leave yeah. and continue taking a nap. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Like, having Chewbacca as your sidekick 24-7? Yeah. Nobody's going to mess with you. No. Nobody. It's a large man. 
Yeah. Wookie. 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 Come on. Sorry. <laughs> I, I would All want right. the use of the force, but like, man, now I'm thinking about Chewbacca on my, as my sidekick. That's, yeah. You, you just needed an unbiased opinion to come in to and say, come up well, with the coolest, uh, coolest Star Wars thing that you could you could come up with. Well done, Logan. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. I'm going to shift the conversation so I can uh, get back in here. <laughs> um, so at the beginning of this conversation here, Luis, we talked about food takes. Um, if you need some time to think about this, that's completely understandable. But do you have food take that maybe is controversial that, you know, one of us three or somebody else from Bears Twitter can get mad at you for? Or even a Chicago food take too. Yes. Uh, I think my hottest food take is that uh, Chicago deep dish isn't just for tourists. Um, I think really good Chicago deep dish is like an essential winter meal. Um, between okay. November and March, I eat deep dish more than I eat thin crust because I need something that is going to feed me for a couple of days because I'm not going to go back out in the cold. I don't want to cook. Just like get me a large Malnati's. Um, large Malnati's classic. Well done with garlic. It's it's my favorite pizza. That's it's my, perfect. My second favorite pizza. My favorite pizza is uh, Pequod's pan, sausage, garlic, onion, pepperoni. I was just about to come in with like my hot take off of that take that I think deep dish pizza is overrated, but then you started to describe a pizza and I haven't eaten dinner yet. So never mind. I'm just <laughs> completely erased that. And it's, it's not a thing. Yeah. I, I think I find myself somewhere in between that because I, you know, I like, I tend to probably eat more thin crust, but I do like deep dish and it's yes. It's when you have people coming in from out of town, but it's also like my wife and I, every once in a while, it's like, yo, it's, it's like a deep dish night. Like, yeah, let's do it. And especially you are hundred percent right. November, December, January, that's when it's happening. It's one of those three months, usually November. Cause it's like that. I'm not ready for it to be cold yet, but it's cold anyway. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That, that, that first pizza after Thanksgiving meals, after you're done with leftovers, oh, man. as we order the deep dish. That's such a specific pizza. I love that I know. so much. <laughs> and everyone knows what, knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, exactly. That is true. Oh, man, that's great. <laughs> Luis, we want to say thank you so very much for being part of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. Please give us your, your socials. Give us everything so that any of our listeners that are not listening or not connected with you, rather, uh, can get connected with you. All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LCM1986. Uh, if you want to see stuff that I cook on Instagram, same handle, LCM1986. Um, there will be tonight's dinner, which I thought was elite. It was grilled mac and cheese, steak, baked potatoes, Puerto, Puerto Rican arroz con pollo. And uh, I made some cookies. I made whiskey chocolate chip cookies. Uh, as oh, my Luis. God. Luis, I just said I haven't eaten dinner yet. You're going to make him pass out. What are you doing? <laughs> we just met, but I'm, I don't know. <laughs> going and, and at BN Bears uh, for not food things. Sometimes I like to chime in on food things because I like to get Bears Twitter's take on food. We all got to eat. <laughs> True story. We all got to eat. Absolutely. Luis, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Brendan. That was a great get for a guest. 
Uh, Luis, we absolutely loved having you on. We didn't say so, but if you're listening to this podcast, we would love to have you come on back. Dude, he was awesome. I love Luis so much. I mentioned it not only just for his Simpsons and Star Wars references, and as you can tell, he's a huge Star Wars fan, but he's really one of my favorite bears follows on Twitter in terms, especially in terms of writing. Like I read bleacher nation bears like religiously and I write for USA today for bears wire still yet. He's picking things up that maybe I haven't seen yet. And I think his writing style is, it's just so unique and it's something really refreshing for, for somebody who covers the bears. So uh, I'm really glad I got, got a chance. We got a chance to talk to him. And, you know, like I said, I got to meet him uh, for the first time last year during the bears first preseason game. And it it was just such a joy. So uh, I love that guy. Yeah. I mean, we've had the pleasure of talking to a lot of people who know a heck of a lot about the bears have a lot of good takes, but uh, Luis is one of my favorites just because I literally was writing down during the podcast, a few of the things that he said that I really liked that I haven't thought about. And I think one of those things was just his take on special teams and the the bears, the players that the bears are signing, like having Ridley and whims playing crucial roles on special teams when they really weren't experienced and just weren't good special teams players. Um, so just in general, outside of having to mute myself while I was listening to the star Wars talk, <laughs> that was awesome. You, you, you know, he, He's awesome. I hope we get to speak with him again soon. Brendan and I have been fighting that one because we both really want to talk about it, but we understand that we're we're alone in that. Uh, Logan, it's funny is like sometimes I'll jot down a thing or two that a guest says, but like it's never two things that I like underline immediately. And there were two things that I loved. The first was the he talked about it being a top to bottom roster of prove it guys. I've been kind of mm-hmm. thinking about it, but he just articulated it in a way that was just so clear. And some of those guys are going to work out and some of those guys are not going to work out, but you, but, but I love that. It's, it's the, Hey, like we're new coaching staff. Let's do it. You got something to prove, come and show it. I, I yeah. love that. It, it yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It's a transition year. So like you want guys who are going to prove it. And you also want a coach who is going to make people prove it, which was another thing that Luis talked about where Eberflus seems to be more of a no nonsense. Let's just cut the fluff that, you know, Matt Nagy was a big fan of and just get to business, make sure these guys are doing their jobs. I think we're really going to see that come to fruition once training camp begins because Eberflus's last words during training camp were, Guys, get your track shoes ready because we're going to run. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see who's in tip top shape, who may not be, and how that's going to affect their perform, how that's going to affect their standing on the depth chart. So this is going to be a really, really interesting period for Bears football. And I'm, I'm so excited to see it. The second thing that Luis said that I really just gravitated towards, and I wish Patrick Sheldon was here because I think he and I have been kind of not necessarily outright arguing about this, but I, but I think it's, it's the argument has been there. I know, I think I said it last week that, you know, they've been spending money on the wrong side of the ball. When he made that point about if the defense was a little bit better, you maybe stop San Francisco and you maybe stop Pitt. And now Justin Fields has two signature wins against playoff teams. I, that brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. And and now think about how maybe the national, and I know that's not important for you guys, but think about how the national media is maybe looking at Justin Fields a little bit differently, you know, to, just to, to how maybe Justin Fields' confidence is. And my only fear would be, would that have been enough to keep Matt Nagy, 
who is detrimental as a quarterback's coach, which I know he was the head coach, but mm-hmm. you know, quarterback guy for Justin Fields. Yeah, very much a double-edged sword, but it is it is one hundred percent true because while I'm not really a guy who tries to take much stock in national narrative, I'm also not the one on the football field playing football. Like I'm sure that to a certain degree, you try to not let that affect you. But having two more wins and and getting some good pub and getting some uh, you know pumped up by some of these writers, I'm sure Justin Fields would never admit it, but that would do some good. Don't forget. The 49ers game, Matt Nagy wasn't coaching, so that wouldn't have necessarily reflected on his head coaching record. But even let's just say, even if the Bears do win those two games, there's no way in hell that Matt Nagy still would have had a job here. I think the writing was on the wall. Thankfully, we don't have to debate that point, but I thought you're right, Dangle. That was a really, really good observation from Luis. And I know it wouldn't have like it would have counted, but it would have been weird. But you can say the same thing about the Baltimore Ravens game where Fields started and he went left with injury, but they also gave up a last minute touchdown as well uh, to Tyler Huntley. So again, not totally counts, but it would have been three extra wins if uh, they didn't blow that game either, even though Andy Dalton did bring them back, but whatever it's, it's in the, it's in history. We, we don't need to go back. If Thomas Graham jr. Would have, started one of those three games at corner or at least played more significantly would they would they have had a shot i i just that previous coaching staff's inability to recognize talent like i i'm still trying to wrap my head around jesper horstead like his like catch to touchdown ratio like how few catches he had for how many touchdown catches he had and like he's just he's just kind of gone like i don't i don't know like i don't i'm not a I'm sure I'm going to get filleted for that take, but I just, I, that dude is talented and I just don't know why he's not on our football team or why he wasn't on the football field more for Nagy's crew. I think, I mean, there was an injury issue with him this off season. I'm still unclear what happened because sounded like there was an injury designation, but then he signs with the Raiders and then I guess you could go back and look at the issue with Larry Ogunjobi failing a physical. I don't know. I mean, but your point remains, why was he on the field more? We can have those conversations all day, man. Why was Jermaine Effetti starting over certain players like Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins? Why was Tevin Jenkins not starting more when Jason Peters was playing instead, even though he had no future with the bears? We can, Boy, we can have those conversations all day for yeah, real. I was going to say, I got one more just to add to that. Why was Allen Robinson's lifeless body out there playing wide receiver the last <laughs> couple of games? There you go. I just need to do that one. I'm done. <laughs> there it is. That's that's why Logan is an integral part of this podcast. Okay. So, boys, we got a lot of good feedback from true or false last week. So, I've got some more true or false questions. Uh, this should go a lot faster than last time because there's only three of us. And, Brendan, I still feel bad. I go back. And I listened to a couple episodes. I'm like, man, Brendan <laughs> almost always goes last. So Brendan, fine. you're going to go first. Then Logan will go second and I will finish it up. Uh, and I'm so bummed that Patrick Sheldon and Jack Wright aren't here. I had a couple questions just for them. Uh, we'll save that for next time around. All right. So true or false. The statement is Robert Quinn will be traded before the start of the season. I'm going to say false because, and I think Luis hit on this because he's just such a great guest. 
his value isn't at the highest right now. It would have been higher prior to the draft or even during the draft when teams are trying to load up on pass rusher. Now you're kind of in that mode of the off season where it's essentially known that Quinn might want to be traded. So the offers probably aren't going to be as lucrative as they might be prior to the draft or even during the regular season. So what I think happens is at some point, and I don't think it starts out this way, but at some point, Robert Quinn reports to the team. He gets some playing time. Maybe he stays away a little bit, but he will be traded during the regular season. I don't think polls is going to, let that go and miss out on an opportunity to stockpile this team with draft picks going into the future. I'll say true that he will be traded before the season. And I think just because there's already starting to be kind of a dark cloud surrounding that situation surround the team. And I could just see polls wanting to add draft picks. And I also think that they're probably is a degree of like Robert Quinn's a guy who's getting older. I think the season that he had last year surprised everybody unless you're a liar. So I think that there's a degree where maybe Ryan Poles sees this as an opportunity where yes, maybe the timing wouldn't exactly maximize his value, but if he plays a few games and looks like that Robert Quinn from 2020, when he was not a good player at all, then his value all of a sudden starts to plummet. So for the sake of it, I will say true. He will be traded before the season starts. I'm going to say false. Logan, you make a really good argument, but I I think I'm along with Brendan on this one. I can even see like week two or week three, some team that is actually playoff bound will get the the itch that just cannot be scratched. Uh, A a good pass rusher like that is is too good to, to pass up. Pun intended, dad joke intended. It is Father's nice. Day as we record, uh-huh. so I had nice. to do it. Uh, and so, I, yeah, I think I think that's that's going to happen during the season. All right, gentlemen, number two, Sam Mustafer will be a starting offensive lineman for your Chicago Bears this season. False, 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 false. Oh my gosh! I mean, no, no disrespect because I really. I like the way that Sam Mustafer carries himself. I think he is somebody who can be a really good leader. He's just not a good football player. I mean, and he's like a true center too. So unless something happens with Lucas Patrick, I just do not see any way that he's starting for this team. I mean, unless half the line gets injured. Brendan Chagru is a smart man. I think this one, uh, in my opinion, is also false just because I think he was exposed last year. I think that you got a good enough sample size to see what type of player that he is. Again, everything he said, it's, it's nothing against the man, you know, the work ethic that he puts in, but no, I do not think that he will be starting for the bears. I'm going to say true, but you can hear to my voice. I don't, fully believe it that much, but Hey, whatever, just for argument's sake. Uh, I think that the bears don't know what they have. And you have a guy who's started games in the NFL. They're desperate at right guard. They're not going to say it, but uh, until they sign somebody else, I think Mustafer may have a shot at that one. You're just trying to save face. So Olin Krutz doesn't come after you. I get it. It's okay. <laughs> he started interacting with fans on Twitter, like a lot. And I just was like, Oh, okay. He just, he was like, you didn't know. We're like, oh, you're defending your boy. And he's like, who's my boy? We're like, eh, you know <laughs> what we're about talking it. about. You're going to make me say it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't punch me. Uh, all right, gentlemen, here we go. Number three, Kyler Gordon will make the biggest impact of this year's rookie class. I'm going to go false. 
and I wrote this on Bears Wire recently, I think it's going to be Jaquan Brisker. I mean, he's been lighting it up in practice. He's been pretty much around the ball at all times. He's been making plays, interception, interceptions, punching the ball out. And you got to think like rookie safeties for the Bears have actually fared pretty well. Think of guys like Adrian Amos and then Eddie Jackson back in 2015 and 2017. Those guys really made an impact right out of the gate. I think with what Jaquan Brisker is doing in this defense, he's going to be the one that's going to see the biggest, like most immediate impact. That's not to say he's going to be like the best of the bunch for long term, but I think in terms of like a rookie season, most immediate impact, it's got to be him. This is going to sound like I'm just copying everything that Brendan said, but I swear as soon as you asked this question, the first thing that I thought of was Brisker. And I think the main point for me is because I think if Brisker plays competently in, and plays in the box, like it's been said that he feels more comfortable playing, it's going to maximize Eddie Jackson. And maybe he can get back to, you know, not being an all pro or a pro bowl or even, or anything like that, but just being a, a competent safety who can roam, who can uh, create turnovers and just make the entire defense better. I'm going to say false as well. Generally speaking, it hasn't been the bears number one draft pick. That's always made the biggest impact. Um, like I'm just thinking of like Tariq Cohen, uh, you know, Justin Fields. Yeah. We wanted him to be, but just, I don't I mean, even Darnell Mooney, like nobody saw Darnell Mooney come in. And so I think it's somebody that the bears drafted that maybe just isn't on our radar. Maybe it's, I don't know, just, I don't know who it's going to be. I just don't think it's going to be Kyler Gordon. All right. Next one, boys. Dengel will fall in love with an undrafted rookie free agent again, just like Rodney Adams last year. True. You're such a softy. <laughs> I mean that in the best way. No, I, I think it's going to happen. And I think that's the, that's the case for everybody because when training camp comes around, we know the guys that are going to be, we know the guys who are going to be making the team, you know, Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, even the rookies like Valus Jones Jr. and Kyler Gordon, like we talked about. It's always those bottom of the roster guys that we really get attached to that we're going to see a ton of in camp that we're pounding the table for to make the team because we're just seeing more of them and they're playing their heart out to get those reps. So, yeah, it, it's definitely going to happen. And that's not a unique thing to you. I think that's as football fans and people who, you know, we like to see people succeed and guys who like aren't the highest build players, that's definitely going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Dangle's a, a hopeless romantic. Um, and I would say that just what Brennan was saying there at the end, what else are you going to do during training camp than try to pick out those positive stories, those, those positive performances from guys you haven't heard of because that's the fun part of it. That's the fun part about sports. Like he was saying, the underdogs. So if you're not picking a player who's uh, coming out of nowhere, doing big things in camp, you're not enjoying football, which I guess is kind of against what I say, which is like getting mad at people for caring about what national pundits and such say, but whatever, I'll keep contradicting myself. True. There's always a good story out there. And as soon as I hear a good story, I do. I fall in love with guys. I, I hope I hope he's out there and I'm going to cheer for him, whoever he is. Ozzy, Mike Oosterwick, is the coolest Australian you've ever met. Oh, my God. True. Is there really? Oh, man, I feel bad saying that because there are really some really good Australian guys that follow us. But Ozzy's definitely the coolest. What's that, that you have met that I met. You're right. I have communicated with them on Twitter and 
other social media apps or whatever. So I guess, yes, you're right. Ozzy's the coolest one I met. And I love that guy. It was really great to finally meet him a few weeks, a, a few weeks ago when we had him guest uh, on the podcast. So yeah, I love Ozzy. I haven't gotten to interact with Ozzy enough. Um, I know that Ozzy's an amazing guy, but I was teammates with Tyson Bull, who is an Australian Olympian in 2020, and he made the horizontal high bar finals in men's gymnastics. So I love Tyson's the nicest person on earth. YouTube Tyson Bull high bar. Even if you don't know gymnastics, it's some of the craziest stuff you'll ever see. So I apologize to Ozzy. Awesome guy. But Tyson Bull is my man. He's uh, he's my favorite Australian. So you're going to love this. Uh, people that are listening, uh, Logan and I both coached and competed gymnastics at one point. I told Ozzy about Tyson's story and he was like Googling it and found like that yeah. they, they have like not a family friend connection, but they like there was some similarities or closeness there. And he, he's like, I'm watching it. He's like, I don't know anything yeah. about gymnastics. I'm going to watch it. So, <laughs> That's awesome. so there you go. All right. So here's the, here's the big one. This was that was the setup for. You would watch an Aussie rules football game with Dangle if he explained the rules. I had a feeling this is going to come up. I'm sure you saw me complain about not watching any sports or not being able to watch any sports. Yes, I did. So I want to explain this real quickly because I think it's hilarious. So we redid our deck. We have some new like deck furniture and we put an outdoor TV out there and I was so excited to watch sports. And there was like literally nothing on. It was on Friday night. The Cubs had already played. And so I'm watching a USFL game and Logan messages me and he's like, you do know that's a replay, right? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so <laughs> desperate for anything sports related. I didn't even realize this was a flipping replay. And that was like, that, that was a moment where I'm like, I really need to figure out my priorities, but, um, yeah, I would. I mean, I like watching different sports. I just, it's dangle. It's one of those things I just don't really think about. Like I think of football, basketball, hockey, um, bags, baseball. I will watch the Johnsonville bags tournaments. I think it's, it's unironically awesome. But yeah, I would definitely do it. I just don't think about it, you know? My my real answer is true because I love and appreciate Dangle and I would I would do anything for Ryan Dangle. My my kind of more satirical answer is false because don't I have to get up at like three in the morning to watch that? No way, man. I've so the service that you get in the States or just at least outside of Australia, you can watch it whenever you want. You can watch okay. the replays, you can okay. watch and some of the live streams actually Logan kind of fit well with uh West Coast time that there are games that would start at like I think nine forty-five your time. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's, it's yeah. What what I'm gonna miss on the West Coast this year is like those Pac-12 games that where you're in Central Time. They start at like midnight, and now I mean like they'll start at I don't know, like eleven or, or something. So, so it's still good, but like that late night sports when you're just doing nothing and you're staying up late some night. So I can get into it for that. Oh reason. my gosh, I I'm seriously. So now that we have this set up, dude, I am so excited to watch college football on my deck at like one in the morning with a fire, just drinking beer. Like this is going to be the best fall ever. (laughs) And like, yeah, those pack, those pack 12 sports that just go into like one, two in the morning. It's that, this is why central time zones undefeated, by the way. Um, One quick question, uh, Logan, as our gambling expert, can I bet on Australian rules football? 
That's a great question. I don't think at least some of like the major books in the U S I don't think mm. have it, but I can't say that for sure. Okay. I can't say that for sure. I got the hookup. I can get you connected. Yes. Is the answer to that question. I, I won't explain the rules now, but all I will say is crazy fast paced. There is tackling. It's not the same, but one of the coolest things is that you can literally jump off of another player's back, an opposing player's back to make a catch. And so Dang. like you take your knee and you jam it in like onto his shoulders, make a catch. And then once you make the catch, the guy whose shoulders you're on, he's like, you're not hanging out here. So he'll violently throw you back. And so dude is falling from like, what, 13, 14 feet up in the air, like violent collisions, high scoring. It's so much fun. I hope you guys will watch it. All right. I got two more for you guys for tonight. We're, we're skipping some of the other ones um, so we can get out of here. Patrick Sheldon has the worst food takes on this podcast. Oh, man. Uh, I think I got to go true. And I, again, I preface this by saying I do agree with some of his takes, but lately, not a lot of them. And I'm sorry, buddy. Like, I love Shells. He's my guy, but... Yeah, we're we're pretty much in a in on a bad losing streak with agreeing with his food takes. I think like I think it was the Oreos and I can't remember which who hates uh, um, sweet potato pie. Is it him or you, Dangle? Oh, I do. That, that, also, really, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, Sheld- Sheldon does. Have Sheldon ever, hates it. Yeah, have you had sweet potato pie, Logan? I think one time. But like, just give me pumpkin pie. Yeah, I don't want, I don't want sweet potato better. pie. That, that's how I, I feel better. too. So yeah. I pretty much, I agree with like two of Sheldon's food takes. And I think like there's eight of them I don't. So I, I think I gotta, I gotta say true. And I feel bad about that. Kind of. Um, I'm going to say false just because I, I've said a, a mean thing to Shell's behind the scenes of the podcast one time. So I feel like I need to be nicer to him publicly. Um, so hopefully he listens to this and knows that I love him. And I think his food takes are spot on no matter what. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say true. The only thing that he and I apparently agree on is golden Oreos and everything else is just, it's just doesn't go from there. All right, gentlemen, the most controversial of the list you pee in the shower false i swear to god and i think i i've heard the meme where everyone's like there's two types of people in the world there's people who pee in the shower and there's people who lie about it i swear to god and everybody listening to this podcast i have never ever done it i don't have the need to I can do that right before I get in the shower. I can hold it if I need to get out of the shower after. I just don't do it. I don't know. I can't bring myself to do it. So call me a liar. It's, but I'm telling you the God honest truth. I've never, ever done it. Mm, okay, we get it. You're better than me. No, I need yeah, it. I'm I've... telling you, man. Like people think <laughs> no, you're lying. Right. Yeah, no. Well, I'll say true for the for the fact of like I don't pee in the shower very often. I'll say true that I I will, but it completely depends on the drainage system. So as somebody who is currently in the stage of my life where I am living in different apartments, kind of every year, where I I I know Dangles in a house. Brennan, I'm pretty sure you're also in a house, considering you redid your backyard. Uh, I think it completely depends on how good of a drainage system you have. For example, my drain right now, not like clogs up just a little bit. So I'm not going to pee in the shower because I don't want, I don't have to explain that further. So (laughs) just be smart about it. I think you can do it, but just be smart. 
I'm not going to pee in a shower and like when I was in college or, you know, I don't know, like even at a hotel, like I know other people are probably doing that, which I know Patrick Sheldon, man, we were talking about Patrick Sheldon a lot and he's not on this episode. (laughs) He's got some interesting hotel takes about sheets and pillows and all sorts of things, but it scares um, me, but I've got home field advantage. Like I will literally like, Oh, I got to pee. Why would I flush when I can just pee in the shower? Like I'm just, it doesn't make any sense. Not wrong. I mean, so, I get it. I just I, like, I don't blame people who do it or anything. Like I totally get why people do it. I just personally don't, I, I can't bring myself to do it, but I get it. Yeah. It's your, it's your own territory. You know, your shower it's yeah. You, you do what you got to do. All right. So boys, obviously Jack isn't here. Jack doesn't have a question. I thought maybe that would suffice a little bit for this week. Uh, It is time to get to shout outs, shout outs. Uh, Obviously it being Father's Day, we probably want to give a quick one for that. Or maybe that's your only shout out. It doesn't matter. I want to tell you boys how to give your shout outs for this week. Let's go Logan, Brendan, and I will finish it up. Shout outs, boys. Yeah, I'll go simple and just uh, go with the shout out of my dad, Steve Bradley similar to how, you know, on Mother's Day, when I talked about my mom, I, I've uh, made a big move the past year and it, it takes a lot of support to do that. It's scary. Got a new job. And um, I think that I'd like to think I'm a level-headed person and I'm able to approach things in that manner. And I definitely get that from my dad and I get plenty of, plenty of, plenty of other things from my dad, just just a, a million different great things. So I wouldn't be where I am. I would, I would be not successful in any way if I didn't have him. I love him very much. And I wish that I was with him today. I, of course, will also give a shout out to my dad, Brian. Uh, he's, he actually brought me to my first Bears game uh, way back in like 2001. And it was even before I liked football. And then when I actually started getting into football, he went with me to every game when we were younger And it was so funny. My uncle has season tickets and he would always give me like the December games when he didn't want to go anymore. And I remember my dad just being, he didn't show me this. My uncle told me this years later, but he's like, boy, your dad really hated going to those cold games, but he's like, he knew you didn't care. So he, he of course did it. And my dad had a smile on his face the whole time. So, uh, shout out to him. Uh, I know he's, uh, he's recovering from COVID, so I haven't been able to see him, but, um, you know, I've definitely talked to him today. And then, uh, just another quick shout out to, uh, another great bears, Twitter follow who people probably know of it is uh the windy city productions. Um, not only is this guy just an awesome bears follow where he makes really the best hype videos, uh, that even bears players themselves have used. But today he reshared the, uh, do you guys remember this, the video like two years ago of the kid yelling in his car about Mitchell Trubisky being the lion's father, where he's like, Mitchell Trubisky is our father. We can't beat him and we can't beat the bears. And he shared that today and I just couldn't stop laughing. So I just want to shout him out for that. Cause that just made my day. <laughs> I totally forgot about that until just now. And now I right? can't stop smiling. So that's <laughs> awesome. Boys, I'm really sorry. I've got a lot, a lot to give out. So first goes out to my pops, Robert, Robert Dengel pops. Uh, my, my, for many of you that have listened, you know, I was adopted at birth and 
I just hit the dad jackpot. He is a amazing, amazing guy. And I'm just uh, so happy that he gets to be a grandfather now. And uh, he's just taking on that role really, really well. So pops, I love you. Happy Father's Day. Uh, Shout outs are going to go out to Dave, big Dave from the UK. He's been retweeting our stuff and he's been interacting. And uh, he and I uh, talk on WhatsApp quite a bit. And he's just He's just a huge supporter of, of all things. He's just, he's just a, just a joy to, to interact with. He's going to make you laugh. He is a wonderful, wonderful guy. And so Dave, thank you for all of that. On the other side of this is all Australians. I have to, not all of Australia, but the, the rest of these are Australians. Anthony Alessiani, and Jack Hudson, they have a podcast for my Port Adelaide football team, Pairs on a Pod. It's really good. It helps me stay connected. Both of those guys are awesome. And I love, love following them. And especially being someone from outside of Australia, how do you follow it? You got to follow stuff on Twitter and on a podcast. And they're keeping me. Same thing with David from the Creedcast. Phenomenal podcast, phenomenal guy. We talk, we DM all the time after all of the games. Uh, Port Adelaide had a huge win that they weren't supposed to beat. And guys, you're going to love this the team sydney swans yes their mascot is a swan really you know just just an awesome just terrifying swan still better than a packer (laughs) uh Vincent Donato, just uh, a wonderful guy. He helped me out with the situation. He is a Port Adelaide football fan. And so basically to all Port Adelaide football fans, thank you guys for accepting this Chicago lander uh, into your crew. Folks, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We appreciate you more than we can say. You can get your bear stuff anywhere and you have chosen to get it with us. And we just want to say thank you. For all you dads out there, for all you are listening, thank you so very much. And as always, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>